I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, this is Scott Adkins wishing all the listeners of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. (laughs) Hello, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, food followers everywhere. Welcome to part one of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast end of year show 2021 with your host Ben Johnson that is me thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of the show welcome to our annual look at the year in foo in this special extended two-part end of year podcast we will be counting down our top five favorite fight films of the year and highlighting all the martial arts movie news that has been grabbing the headlines in 2021. You also have been sharing with us your favourite fight films of the year over social media and email and leaving comments on the website, kungfumovieguide.com. Thank you all so much for your contributions this year. We will be reading some of those comments out when we get to our countdown of the best and worst films of the year. That will be in part two of this podcast during part one. So that's the part you're listening to now. We will be celebrating some of the amazing guests who have appeared on the podcast this year and sharing a few messages as well that we've been receiving from our friends on the martial arts movie scene, like that one that you just heard earliest kicking off the show that was scott atkins of course thank you so much scott for doing that we will also be opening a few christmas presents because it is christmas time after all so plenty to pack into this special end of year wrap-up show before we get into it let me introduce you now to my very special guest on today's episode. He survived a tray to the face from Scott Atkins in Avengement, and he is, of course, the author of Life of Action, Volume 1 and 2. It's the action movie expert, your friend and mine, it's Mike Fury. Hello there, sir. Hi, Ben. Did you like that intro? It was very good, thank you. Thanks, man. Well, first of all, Mike, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Ben. We are at your home again. My gosh. Yes. We couldn't do this last year. No. We were recording this yeah. remotely, and you've got a lovely Christmas setup here. It's it's uh, thank you. It's rather a beautiful scene. Mike, how are you doing? How's your year been? Uh, yeah, good, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, it's a shame we couldn't do this last year because it's something of a an annual celebratory event. I it think is. we've done how many Christmases is it, is it now? We've we I counted. This is our fifth. This is the fifth one, one. In- including last year. Including okay, last okay. year. Yeah. So obviously we did three in a row. Always in person, which is nice to do, I think. 
Um, last year, Zoom, it was the you know the situation of the time. Um, at least we made it work. It was good to do that. It was nonetheless, yes. but no, it's good to be good to be back in the same room. I can confirm, Foo followers, that I am sat in front of the highly coveted and much photographed Mike Fury Wall of Fury. The that's the, uh, that's the name that you've coined. That, I don't call. I don't refer. <laughs> that is what what I've been referring to it as. And uh, my gosh, it's uh, if regular listeners, if you don't know, I'm I'm referring to uh, Mike's wall of uh, Blu-rays, DVDs. And uh, my gosh, it's quite something. It seems to have got bigger. Mike, it's really taken over the most of the room here. Um, I don't know. It's it's probably not far off what you remember. Different shelving, you see. It's a different illusion. But um, no, I, it. I don't know. I'm trying to be a bit more discerning with what I get because it gets to the point where it's, it can be impractical. Yeah. But at the same time, I do like having a collection, a physical library, as much as I, you know, subscribe to streaming services. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that and yeah. different ways of viewing films. I do like a physical library, so I, I, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns there. As Mike mentioned, this is the fifth year in a row that we've done this show. We started doing this in 2017. Mike, pop quiz. Okay. Can you remember yes. what our films of the year have been since we first did this show? So um, the film of the year for 2017, 18, 19 and 20. So firstly, remind me, were they agreed joint choices or were they set were they two different I think there was only one year where there was maybe a bit of discussion last okay. year's I think um okay yeah um I'm struggling <laughs> putting you on the spot to, 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 to avoid people listening for five minutes while I um and ah please <laughs> please 2017 yeah. our film of the year was John Wick chapter okay. 2 that was that was that long ago 2017 right? oh, okay. yeah, yeah. 2018, it was unanimous decision. It was The Night Comes for Us. Okay, great. Yeah. 2019, John Wick Chapter 3, wow, Parabellum. Okay. Noticing a theme emerging there. And 2020, last year, I think there was a bit of discussion around this. We settled on Extraction. And yeah. I think it was purely because that was my film of the year last year. And I think it was in your top yeah, five yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But our lists last year were very different, well, if different, I remember. Yeah. Fans of the show will know that uh, I probably tend to uh, <laughs> favour the more lighter films. So I go for your Mulans, your Enter the Fat Dragons. Uh, yeah. Mike, you're very much uh, channeling, you know, the um, the darker, <laughs> the darker side, sadistic, violent yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's quite funny. You got dare I say you got some shit last year for some of your choices. Some of my choices, yes, did yeah. uh, incur the wrath of uh, but, the internet. You know, I think it goes to show that there's something for everyone and yeah. we don't all have to agree on we can still discuss and we can you yeah. know, we, we, we can we can find things we connect to in different exactly. types of films and there's yeah there's nothing wrong with you know a bit of light-hearted entertainment one day and then something a bit heavier meteor yeah. the next day yeah in preparation for the show i always send mike a long list of all the big fight film releases of the year and that helps us in compiling our top fives, which you'll hear in part two of this show. And I can honestly say, I think this is one of the toughest years it's been to try and narrow yeah. this down to uh, only five films. Did you find it quite challenging, Mike? Yeah, it was actually, I think more so than last year. I think it's a it's a combination of um, various stuff's been been delayed and pushed back. Yeah. I think from the from the you know the original covid situation in 2020 various things got delayed and pushed back to 2021 so we had that added volume of films plus there just have been you know purely on a coincidental level a lot of good things released this yeah. year so it's been it but it's a good problem to have i think when you've yeah. got a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff being released 
I think that uh, it was good to see that even in the midst of a global pandemic, we still got two new Scott Adkins films. Yeah. Although Michael J. White has been no slouch either, Mike. Mike has released six films in this year alone. That includes lending his voice to Batman Soul of the Dragon, plus Take Back, Assault on VA-33, Rogue Hostage, Black Friday, Send It, and almost The Commando, but The Commando now will be released in January. But if you think that's impressive, Mike, Mm -hmm. this is your second question. How many Bruce Willis films are listed as 2021 (sighs) releases according to his IMDb um, page. I don't need to name them, do I? Just as no. we're looking at. If okay. you can. No, if you I, can. Can't, I can't absolutely. Can't I'm going to guess six. You're going to guess with six. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis, according to IMDb, has released nine films nine. this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and if you can name them, then... No, uh, I absolutely can't. Um, that that would be amazing. <laughs> so, quite a work right there. There was also a trend for female-led action movies this mm-hmm. year. Kate's The Protégé, Jolt, Black Widow, Bruised, Gunpowder Milkshake, Yakuza Princess. We also saw movies based on manga series and comic books, so Black Widow, Shang-Chi, two new Rurouni Kenshin films. There were films inspired by video games, mm-hmm. so Dynasty Warriors and a new Mortal Kombat movie, of course. And uh, toys. I'm looking mostly at Snake Eyes there, of mm-hmm. course. Now, if you do want to read the full list of releases from 2021, which will be up for debates this year by myself and Mike, then please do visit our website, kungfumovieguide.com. If you visit this episode's page, you'll be able to see the list that we're talking about. And look, it's not a fully comprehensive list of releases and there's always this blurry definition between what we classify as a fight film i mean that is sort of up for debate isn't it really but to my knowledge mike we are just focusing here on films that have a heavy emphasis on martial arts and physical fight choreography would you agree with that yeah i think that's what it needs to be and with you know there's so much um, so many varying genre influences and different stuff these days but yeah certainly in the types of films we're talking about that have a very strong fight centric mm-hmm. angle to them it would be a little bit dismissive to over, to actually overlook them or they're not you know turn your nose up to them to say they're not pure martial arts films obviously maybe they're not but there is yep. from a certainly for the kung fu movie guide i think it's it's quite appropriate that they're that they're covered and they're given the due attention absolutely that's right so films that are more your generic action films i'm looking at your fast and furious nine and the new bond film no time to die they're not on the list Mm -hmm. but films like a black widow and a shang chi they are on the list yeah that sort of sounds about right okay so i do very much look forward to finding out your favorite films of the year mike that is all coming up on part two of this special extended episode of the end of year show before we get into part one properly then let's raise a toast mike to your good health and also to the good health of all the listeners out there wherever you are in the world thank you all so much for your ongoing support this year it really is very much appreciated and Look, there's loads of amazing podcasts out there and I'm always thrilled to see that people do spend their time listening to this one so mike wishing you and all of our listeners very happy holidays a merry christmas cheers, and ben. a happy new year yeah cheers cheers oh, 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 oh.
Hi, this is Jesse Johnson wishing Kung Fu Movie Guide the very, very best for Christmas and the New Year 2022. Thank you for your support and looking forward to sharing great action movies with you in the New Year. Hi, Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast listeners. I'm Juju Chan Sito. Wishing you all Merry Christmas and all the best for 2022. Look out for my new Netflix movie, a Wu Assassin sequel, Fistful of Vengeance, that's coming out in the new year. I also have some exciting projects in the works. Follow my IG for updates. Happy holidays! Hey Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast listeners, it's Mike Mo wishing you all the best holiday season and an amazing 2022. Stay safe and healthy, train hard, and let's kick ass in 2022. We have our drinks prepared. I think now it's ready to do our traditional Christmas presents exchange, Mike. So anyone listening to this show for the first time this year, we should say that we give ourselves a very small budget each year to find some martial arts themed presents uh, to buy each other roughly £10 sounds about yep. about right and I think I've just about reached £10 the quality of the presents this year is quite quite poor mm-hmm. Mike so um, who wants to go first do you want to do you want to go first opening the presents I can go first yeah 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 okay I need to go over there okay. to get the get the presents Mike I'll very quickly yeah, yeah. wrap your thing while we're <laughs> While you're doing that, we could um, just listen to a spot of Christmas music yeah. just to um, entertain the listeners. Well, look, I've so I've got a <laughs> okay, I've got a bag here. It looks um, it looks like there's a lot in there. Wow. The cards, don't worry, that's just a card for okay. you and and Jill, so that's Thank just, um, well, where, yeah, just you so, just jump okay. in there, into Thanks. that. So um, I'll give, what we should do as well, I'll give, oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> smash the hit. bag down, and uh, I hope there's no... There's a breaking noise. And why did you write your address on the inside of the card? <laughs> okay. It's- I always, with all my Christmas cards, yeah. I always write my phone number or, or my address on them. I don't know okay. why. Okay, that's a, it's a, it's a tradition no, because of which I'm when you say, <laughs> So somebody knows to send so you one. So someone knows your most up-to-date oh, okay. contact details. Well, do you never do that, Mike? I don't do that, but you're here, so um, yeah. because, Ben, one of your gifts is late, and I apologise for that. That's okay. I printed out a picture and wrapped it. Yeah. Although now, as we know, in the last, uh, in the last hour, just right before we hit record... One thing did arrive. So you've got something to open. This makes me feel bad, Ben. I've got a very nice selection Oh, you of haven't gifts. seen the presents yet, uh, Mike. I really wouldn't feel bag. bad. Well, okay. This is pretty cool. This first one is this, good. Hang on. So. so on, this sorry, is topical. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to open this one. Ben's used his... His steel hands. My, uh, that's my uh, eagle claw yeah, technique yeah. that I've used there to wrap this. Well, I've got a Shang a Shang Chi action figure. There we go. That's Mike, very look cool. At that. Look at him, and he's got his he's got his star. Yeah, so it's a Shang Chi action figure. Now he's holding a, a bow staff by mm-hmm. the look, looks yeah. of things. But what? How does it work? I, I think it spins or something. Yeah, his bow staff. There's a bow staff attack. 
but I think we need to take him out of the box. You've got to take to him rotate now, his now, legs. Now, honestly, Mike, I'm not offended if you want to keep it in the box so that in 50 years it's yeah, worth it might uh, be maybe 10 pounds more. It could. More. It could. Uh, I look then forward that's up to that. To you. I will. No, I'll take him out. And we'll, we'll, we'll play with him later. Yeah, um, <laughs> good stuff. Now this this present is this is bad. I'm so sorry. Oh, this, this is a, a, a Chuck. A, what is it? Oh, it's a Chuck Norris. Is it like a cal- it's a diary calendar kind of book? Oh, it's a calendar. Okay, so it's a book, but it's a, it's a calendar. Um, so you can hang it, I guess, or you can you can carry it around and keep it up to date with all your appointments. Of course you can. Um, and it's got each month is um, accented with a beautiful picture of Chuck <laughs> in various poses. There's some there's some stills. Yeah. There's uh, missing in action, I think there. Yeah. And yeah. there's um, Walker Texas Ranger. Continuing our Chuck Norris theme, we should yeah. say, because Mike very kindly bought me the Chuck Norris Classic. Book of Facts yeah. last Christmas, cool. which I read over New Year. It was Good. a very, very entertaining book. Uh, but how bad is this calendar, by the way? This is clearly a just knock-off. a load of <laughs> images just taken from the internet. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look the most legit publication. I'm so but, sorry, um, Mike. What did did you think it was? <laughs> <laughs> did you buy it knowing what you're going there's no copyright and page or anything no so not at all I don't think it's official yeah. but yeah no, there you cool. go thank so you, that's, 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 that's very cool isn't it? you didn't already have a Chuck Norris calendar then. I don't know okay don't. fine you, you know, oh so because I mentioned the Advocar you didn't bring me a bottle of Advocar and you did Advocar is a is a festive drink <laughs> it's, it's a Christmas tradition in yeah. some Households, yeah. regular listeners to this podcast will obviously be uh, aware of our love-hate relationship with a Christmas drink called Advocar. Yeah. So I've bought uh, you a bottle. In there. fact, is this? I know it's, it's a produce of Holland. It is, is it yeah. known elsewhere in the world? Do, do we know? Well, how? I think it's like a seventies thing. Okay, it's a very it's just, a very British thing, isn't it? I think so. I think so. Yeah. On its own, it's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. But we were mixing that with lemonade to make snowballs, which is a yeah. traditional yeah. Christmas drink, and that's actually a lot nicer. Yeah, but there it's got go. like it's like the consistency of custard. It's it's boozy custard, it's, but it's sweet and it's yeah. An interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flavor. Thank you, Mike. Okay, just unwrapping a gift here. It looks feels soft. It could be clothing. It is clothing, listeners. It's clothing could be a t-shirt i'm sensing i'm sensing a t-shirt i'm wrapping here oh that's amazing that's amazing hopefully it fits i know you're a you're a tall fellow yeah i love that it's a blood sports t-shirt lovely artwork yeah, oh, I, hope it fits. I hope it fits that, that will fit perfectly yeah. yes so i mean i could describe it but obviously you've got Van Damme there centre stage just looking deadly and amazing he looks amazing in blood sports Bolo looking very terrifying. Uh, terrifying as always and we should say that literally arrived that arrived too yeah too close for comfort yeah. that was. <laughs> that's very kind of you bottle of mulled wine there as well sweet and fruity yeah. yes to represent the thing that hasn't arrived you can actually open that thank you Okay, so this is this is in this is representing yeah, the gift as well as actually the thing that you have opened. So you'll you'll see, you'll see. That's great. Oh, Mike, this is very this is very kind. So this, I'm unwrapping an envelope here, guys, and this. Is, 
how funny so we both went on a Chuck Norris vibe yeah, yeah. So that is a Chuck Norris key ring, then, it is, is it? And it that's is. on its on its, its on way. It's on its way. So I'm very sorry that had. I mean, that's this. That's a, a silly small thing. Obviously, uh, the T-shirt did arrive at least. So very kind of that. you. That's wonderful gifts. Thank you so much, you, Mike. Ben. That's Cheers great. That. We'll open the Advocar later. Yes, yes. So in style. Thank you, sir. Maybe too early for the Advocar yeah. <laughs> at this stage, but uh, there we go. To get the ice. Cheers, cheers, cheers Mike. Hey, to all of those Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast listeners out there, Ben and Mike reached out to me to say a few words. Good tidings we bring to you and your king. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Hey, stop there. Maybe it's a Merry Hanukkah. Maybe it's a Merry Kwanzaa. In any case... It is not me, Mr. Freeze, Anna Schwarzenegger. It's me, Joey Ansa. Um, I want to wish you guys a happy festive period and uh, a happy new year. Uh, 2021 has been a tough year for many of us. And uh, he is hoping that 2022 is going to be a much brighter and more prosperous year for us all. So, uh, yeah. Have a good festive period and uh, see you in the new year. Okay, so now I think it's a good time to talk through some of the biggest stories that grabbed the headlines from the world of martial arts movies in 2021 in a feature that we like to call Highlights of 2021. Highlights of 2021. 2021 was the year that we finally got to see cinemas reopen and the big tentpole movies which had been delayed finally saw the light of day so no time to die fast and furious nine black widow dune snake eyes mortal Kombat, and so on and with so many delayed release dates due to the pandemic major studios instead decided to fast track a lot of the films to their own streaming platforms in december 2020 warner brothers made the decision to release its entire 2021 slate of releases on the same day in the cinemas and on HBO Max and that was sidestepping the 90-day exclusivity deal for most cinema chains. That meant that movies like Dune and The Matrix Resurrections and Suicide Squad landed in the cinemas and on HBO Max on the same day. The decision caused an outcry not just from cinema owners but also the filmmakers themselves who understandably would rather have their movies shown on the largest screens possible. It was seen as a major flop as a business decision too because it didn't improve subscriber numbers to HBO Max. And in March of this year, it was announced that Warner Brothers would reverse that decision for 2022. So instead, they have struck a deal with Regal Cinemas, owned by Cineworld, to give the chain a 45-day exclusivity window to screen new titles before then landing on HBO Max. Mike, this, this sounds actually like good news for the cinemas. What do you think? Yeah, What's I your mean, take on this? Absolutely. Um, I think we've all missed going to the cinema as well, yeah. particularly during the pandemic. Um, and that that was a real shame to not be able to go and see the films you want to see, or certain, you know, in some cases, people would be nervous about going to the cinemas, and understandably so. Um, it was difficult during that time when there wasn't an opportunity to go, or you know, there you know there there wasn't a, a there wasn't necessarily a, a film that's going to compel you to go to the cinema in that case. But it feels like with the situation we're in now. 
um, it's getting better. It's getting safer to go, and there is this um, this 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 window of opportunity where we can go and see the film, the big films that we yeah. want to see. Um, that there's a there's an incentive, and I think for all of us, you know, movie lovers, we'd always rather go and see the films we we are, we're you know we're truly anticipating on the big screen. Obviously, nothing wrong with Netflix and yeah. you know these other streaming platforms, but you want to see the film exhibited in the best way possible. Have you been to the cinema much since they reopened this this year? Are there any standout cinematic moments from this year for you personally, Mike? Um, I haven't been as much as I'd like, but well, I mean, one thing I think we I think unless you've been in the meantime, one thing we saw together quite recently was uh, the Rocky versus Drago we director's did. cut on the big screen. Which I thought, I don't know if you have any reflections on that, Ben. That was a really nice environment to see. It was actually a very busy cinema. It was. Prince, shout out to the Prince Charles Cinema. Wonderful um, cinema. Yeah, great cinema, but very busy. It wasn't at all quiet. It was well, well attended. But, um, you know, really nice audience, respectful audience. That was the most recent one, but I yeah. do look forward. And we've talked about The Matrix and other, other things are going to draw us back soon, I'm sure. Exactly. Let's just hope that, you know, we don't get more lockdowns yeah. here yeah. ahead of The Matrix. My gosh. As long as we can mm-hmm. see the Matrix on, yeah. <laughs> on the big screen. Yeah. And of course, Raging Fire, we went to the UK we to premiere, the premiere of, yeah. of Raging the, uh, Fire. The London East Asia Film Festival was Wonderful. really good um, in Leicester Square. That was great. And again, that's the kind of film you know you, you, you want to see. Benny Chan's final film, yeah. a big Donnie Yen film. We do get the opportunity to see these types of films on the small screen. Mm-hmm. But it felt like a special enough film that warranted that big screen experience and I'm very glad that we, we got Absolutely. it and then of course there, there was a wider cinema release well, a selected cinema release beyond that but we did attend the um, the UK premiere so yeah. that, that was really good yeah that was great fun this is interesting about Warner Brothers actually reversing that day and date release you know in cinemas and on HBO Max on the same day so what do you think about all, all of that then, Mike? I mean, I guess it's nice to have the option to watch it on a, on a streaming platform if you, if you want to, but, you know, it's good to see that the studios are still supporting cinemas if that decision has actually been reversed. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, time will tell how much of a dramatic shift is actually there. I mean, there are films that, as we know, will only ever be on streaming services. Yeah. It's going to be the real big tentpole Blockbusters probably that are that they see as warranting a big theatrical uh, release. Um, it will be again we can all, we we can always repeat ourselves. It will be nice to see other films getting that kind of push. It's not yeah. always the case, but no, it's it's it makes sense to have that um, that platform to exhibit the really big films, and they are they're films that you know families will want to see, or you go and see with your friends or partners, and mm-hmm. um, from a from a a monetary standpoint it, pro- it probably makes a lot more sense to to exhibit those films in that way as well rather yeah. than you know the price of a you know a month subscription or, yeah. or or a streaming rental i think the highest grossing film of the year in the uk is no time to die mm-hmm. and that's still people are still watching that in the yeah. cinema it's people it's still out and it I, and it is available on streaming platforms yeah and i now. think that's yeah that's really interesting and it, it goes to show that you know and i know people who've seen it multiple times in the yeah. cinemas and it is a film it's that kind of it's you know big a big bond film um daniel craig's last you know outing is bond people want to see it exhibited in the in the correct way and in the Mm -hmm. correct environment and i think it's it's not just about the big screen although i i sometimes get a bit hung up up on that detail um it's about putting your phone away it's about experiencing it in the you know in in a a real focused environment where you can Mm -hmm. actually enjoy it and not be distracted by 
all the day-to-day life stuff you can actually see it and enjoy it in the in the correct way so yeah. that that makes a big difference absolutely so after a slow start at the beginning of the year cinemas have truly bounced back in 2021 mike pop quiz okay yep now according to digitalspy.com i've got a list here of the top five highest grossing films of 2021 internationally so this Mm -hmm. is highest grossing around the world what films do you think are in the top five for this year and a clue it is slightly skewed by china yeah because i know that i mean it would be the likes of no time to die or fast nine i would imagine no time to die is the third highest grossing film this year globally Uh, am i right in thinking i believe i read something about this a while ago it is the battle of lake changjin it is that that is correct mike yes so that is the highest grossing film of the year internationally the battle of lake changjin and that's a chinese war movie that's made close to 900 million dollars so that is close to a billion dollars that's crazy money that's <laughs> yeah yeah any other guesses for the top five films from this year um was was f9 in there f9 is number four okay. correct yeah 726 million dollars will you guess these next two i'm not too sure i i'll let you, <laughs> you number five detective chinatown three okay. four is fast and furious nine three is no time to die two is a film called Hi Mum which is a time travel comedy Chinese film and number one is The Battle at Lake Changjin so you know some extraordinary numbers there really I know skewed slightly by the Chinese market obviously Um, but you know still a great appetite there for the for watching movies there on the the big screen which is good reassuring to hear Hiya folks, this is Matt Rutledge speaking. I just wanted to wish everyone who follows the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast a fantastic Christmas, all the very best for the new year, and hopefully in 2022 there should be a lot more Kung Fu movies to watch and enjoy. So anyway, I hope you have a great one, go easy on the chocolate cakes, and see you in 2022. Hey Zara Fithin here, I just want to wish all the listeners of the Kung Fu Movie Guide a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and stay tuned for some exciting developments in 2022 including Accident Man 2 starring Scott Atkins. Now we love to see our favourite martial arts stars getting roles in big mainstream Hollywood productions so a huge congratulations to friend of the show Scott Atkins this year he filmed roles in J.J. Perry's directorial debut Day Shift uh, which is a vampire action thriller starring Jamie Foxx and he also appeared in John Wick Chapter 4 which I'm super excited about. Scott joins an incredible cast, which also includes Keanu, obviously, but Marco Zorro, Hiroyuki Sanada, and of course, Donnie Yen. Mike, John Wick, Chapter 4. It's planned for release in May 2022. How excited are you about this? (laughs) I think we're all all super excited for this one. Um, Just the fact that as you recapped earlier, it was our film of the year. Yeah. Chapter two and three. Two and three. So yeah, no, I'm sure, you know, it'll be interesting this conversation in a year's time. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we, we all have seen it. It would have been uh, good to think how they're going to expand the universe, the new characters. It's something that, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, all those films, but you know, I, I, I love the kind of, um, the confined more 
streamlined um, personal vendetta story of the first film, but then equally I love in the in the subsequent parts how they expanded it, added new characters, developed the world. That world building is great, so it'll be really cool to see what they do next. And yeah, Scott in the cast. I hope uh, I'm. I'm I'm thinking as much as everything else. I want to know: is he a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah, that's, that's a big, is he going to yeah. work with Keanu? Is yeah. he going to fight Keanu? You know, and same for Donnie and and and, and all these other guys. So, um, in I a, think Donnie's yeah. a good guy. Is he? I think so. Okay. Well, what's interesting about this because obviously you you immediately think: is he going to fight Keanu? Or yeah. Is he going to fight against Keanu? Yeah. Or by his side, back to back? It's an interesting, yeah. I wonder if uh, he'll do a sort of Halle Berry and be you know they'll have a bit of conflict there, but yeah. ultimately they yeah. sort of team up. Yeah. Gosh, it'll knows? be interesting to, to to see. So absolutely, yeah, super excited, and I hope that I, I'm sure they'll be under Chad Stelsky. They'll be used well and. Yeah there'll be some nice action moments I think that it's so much comes down to Chad and the 8711 team under any random director you might think oh Scott's going to be underused or there's you know you know we, we we don't know at the end of the day we, we can speculate but I think you know Chad knows who he's cast and yeah. he will use them to the best of their ability so I'm definitely excited for that because he knows the industry he knows who the key players are he knows what people are good at and yeah. where their strengths lie yeah. the example being casting Mark Dacascos in the in the mm-hmm. third film wonderful yeah. casting great role for for Mark and because he has such creative control over that franchise and Lionsgate I guess must just give him permission to cast the people that he wants to you know he does find these great roles for these great people yeah and this is the thing he knows exactly who he's casting and he'll yeah. cast them for that reason it wasn't yeah. for a random it wasn't a random choice mm-hmm. you know he's using I would think he got Scott very specifically he got Donny very specifically yeah. for a certain role um and you know and that's that's exciting to see and it's kind of it feels with someone like chad it's kind of like we've got one of our people <laughs> making yeah. films it's like somebody that somebody you know who would actually cast their kind of dream wish list of of, of people that's what those guys do as well yeah. so it's um it's, it's cool to see and i'm super excited for that donnie yen's had a great year mm-hmm. But you wonder, is he going to get that real breakthrough? I know Rogue One was probably the one that, you know, really took his career up a notch. And he is a huge name. But you wonder if he is the household name at the moment. Maybe John Wick Chapter 4 could be the, the movie that really pushes him. At yeah, the, I think it's, it? it's interesting that, you know, like, obviously Rogue One, I know that got him a, a, a huge amount of fans. Mm. Um, it, it so much depends on the character because I think like Rogue One he, he played such a memorable cool character uh, which people really connected with you know equally it could be exactly the same film he's underutilised in like a, a random role or something that doesn't quite pop in the Triple same X. way yeah it just doesn't it just doesn't translate right. in the same way and I, I would hope that with something like John Wick he gets another cool standout role with some memorable scenes and a really memorable character that really helps and the same the same for Scott as well of course let's also look ahead to the Expendables 4 this looks very exciting of course Jason Statham Sylvester Stallone Dolph Lundgren all reuniting uh, to come back to that franchise but joined by Tony Jaa and Eco Uwais I mean that's that's pretty good that's pretty yeah. good casting isn't it Mike I'm yeah I'm 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 looking forward to that um I'm you know I think any any of us who grew up with these stars, we naturally have a soft spot for the Expendables. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, I was a fan of the original, and then the, the director's cut even more so, which a, a lot of people I speak to still haven't seen. So I encourage everyone if you haven't seen, seen the, the director's, the director's cut, cut, the cut. original film, yeah. uh, Stallone's director's cut, I do encourage people to check that out. 
Um, and I'm a big, big fan of the second one, especially the Simon West uh, one. So, no, it is, it's fun. I, I think the, the these, best one. I think, yeah, I, I would say so. I yeah. mean, these films are a lot of fun. They're not to be taken too seriously. Yeah. Um, it's just a good time as we, you know, as with so many films we enjoyed back in the 80s, it's yeah. that kind of good time, lighthearted action entertainment. Um, and I hope that, you know, the fourth one brings that brings more of that and as, as you say introducing some interesting new cast members yeah. to the list and they're talking about you know uh, Stallone handing over the reins to Jason Statham and it becoming more of a, a, a Lee Christmas franchise I don't know if that's going to still be the, called the Expendables like the Expendables 5 or they changed the name Expendables into you know a new Christmas uh, they talked about a Christmas story Christmas story I saw so um, it'll be yeah interesting to see what happens but I'm a fan of Statham as well so it'll be it'll be, it'll be good to see I mean he can do no wrong in, no, in no. my eyes but uh, just and seeing those behind the scenes photos you know on the set with Tony Jaa he's got yeah. a fight scene with Iko Uwais who's the villain in the yeah. movie so I mean gosh that does sound that does sound it exciting does sound good, yeah. yeah Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good fun. What's up, Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast listeners? This is Sarah Chang wishing you happy holidays and an amazing 2022. I just wrapped playing the character of Wang Xiuling on Accident Man 2, the feisty, rebellious descendant of Wang Feihong. And earlier this year, we also released Circle of Bones in the U.S., now streaming on Amazon Prime, iTunes, and Google Play. So please check it out and give us a rating. We're in pre-production for two local productions, an action drama called Bare Knuckles and a zombie apocalypse romance called Containment. So get ready for... 2022 it's going to be an action-packed year and don't forget to follow me on facebook ig and youtube at starring sarah chang and always never give up persistence is key go get it hi this is rick baker at the eastern heroes it's been a fantastic year this year for eastern heroes and 2022 there's some good projects in the in the making so i'd like to take the chance to um wish everybody and all the listeners of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast, a happy holidays. And especially, I want to wish you all the best for 2022. Happy New Year and Merry Xmas. <laughs> Mike, let's also take this opportunity to celebrate those distributors who are giving us so much great classic Kung Fu and martial arts content on limited edition Blu-rays and 4K releases as well this year. These companies are fantastic and they really are going the extra mile to you know, put in the time and energy and effort to create physical media, which is really worth owning. I mean, it's really 
you know great service to the fans of these movies so a lot of these releases will appeal to the collector in all of us and i do actually have a huge backlog of blu-rays that i still need to get through uh as well from this year so huge shout out to the likes of 88 films they've been releasing a lot of the classic jackie chan titles snake and eagle shadow armor of gods that deluxe special edition just came out recently some shaw brothers stuff disciples of shaolin legendary weapons of china eureka entertainment fantastic releases this year from their lucky stars box sets and encounter the spooky kinds they've got the warriors 2 and prodigal son coming out next year as well so lots of good samo stuff odd couple skinny tiger fatty dragon cine asia here in the uk as well did the swordsman this year and raging fire they did a cinematic release but also bringing out the blu-ray and the 4k release next year arrow video are doing their shaw brothers collection criterion in the usa released once upon a time in china box set so mike this does seem like an industry that's you know really flourishing at the moment yeah it's all about the physical media man yes as, as we know with uh, we know. with what we're surrounded by i enjoy watching stuff on streaming sites but i think particularly for these cult collectors titles you know if you're a fan you can't get enough that's the mm. thing so you don't just want to click a thumbnail watch the film and be done with it i want to dive into the extras listen to the commentaries read the booklets and then really crucially is own the film and a, a lot of people i know even people of our age have downsized their their dvds and blu-rays or yeah. they just get rid of stuff and rely on streaming and that's in a way that's fine and if space is an issue i can understand that that's the biggest thing i can i can kind of relate to but you know the one of the biggest frustrations i've had in the past as well is you add add things i've got you know a huge never-ending netflix list that i don't get through but you go back oh i fancy watching that thing and you go back to it and it's gone damn it yeah yeah stuff does just disappear from the streaming sites and what people forget is you do not own those films yeah so even if you subscribe even if you pay your monthly fee to amazon or netflix or whoever it is you know you're not owed anything yeah you've you've got their small relatively small curated list that you're kind of renting access to yeah but that changes all the time they rotate stuff they take stuff off obviously sometimes it does go back sometimes things are out of license which means they can't you know they can't feature anymore and another another factor that we you know, we, we can talk about we don't have to go in, in too much depth is you know things like censorship or things where things get edited or cut out or you know and I understand in a way, but it's just, it's not, you know, you you want access to the thing that you want to see. And um, if, if things need to be removed or edited, that's fine. But, you know, at least on the plus side, if you have a physical copy of something, you can just watch it at your leisure. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. These releases that you just listed are usually quite limited. Yeah. They're not super mass produced. They're collector's titles. Um, and look at, you know, things like the old Hong Kong Legends DVDs, which... I know a lot of listeners will be fans of that and I've got a lot of the Hong Kong Legends titles not all of them I'm sorry to say but a, a large majority and you know those are now very coveted and they go for a lot of money on they're eBay like gold dust Mike yeah so you know they're nice presentations of these films with good extras some of these are coming back on Blu-ray with some of the distributors you mentioned but again it, it, in any case they're all they're, they're, they're collectible and if you if you care about this stuff I think it's worth it's a worthy investment the amount of times I've re-bought Bruce Lee films mm. on you know from from yeah. from the, the the VHS memories yeah. to DVD to restored DVD wow cool great to uh to Blu-ray I don't know that they've done 4Ks yet of uh 
That's got to be around the corner. They have done. Criterion they, did the yeah. Blu-ray collection, I believe. Yeah, but I think it's re- it's regular Blu-ray. Yeah. So I've got yeah, and I've got, I've got you know various Blu-rays, but um, yeah, you do want to see these films in the best state possible, yeah. and if you know if especially if they're films like that which have such a history of censorship and editing and being cut if you have a restored version which is also 4k or up you know upscaled 4k or whatever it might be that's a that's quite an enticing thing absolutely particularly the old school kung fu films there's a cinematic vengeance box set Mm -hmm. that eureka released what a wonderful thing is this is eight films by the hong kong director joseph ku Seven Grandmasters, Return of 18 Bronze Men, you know, those old 70s Kung Fu films, they look incredible. So, you know, it's really great to see that these products, these old films are being given, being shown the love and care that they deserve because they've been quite poorly treated over the years, haven't they? Let's be honest. And the thing is that the technology now is more affordable to consumers. Obviously, these films are hard to restore and they you know various companies around the world spend a lot of time and um, expense restoring them and you know bringing them up kind of up to scratch cleaning up the film stock and so on which is often quite dirty but um, in terms of you know accessibility to blu-ray players 4k tvs like prices have come down a lot over the years so i remember when you know you know we talk about sounding old when you know at one point dvds were super expensive or blu-rays were super expensive but you know as with everything it comes down in time these things are more accessible so if you know this is the thing i think for for fans if you're really passionate i think actually most people this wouldn't even be a, a a discussion i think most aficionados of these types of films would not likely rely on streaming platforms no. for them. Although there are actually quite a lot. I think recently Amazon Video made quite a lot available. There's a lot of like classic Kung Fu films. There's a they're, lot on there, yeah, yeah. They're not necessarily all HD quality, no. but there are some, there's some choices. But if you really want to do a deep dive, you need to get the physical media. You have to, yeah. yeah. We were very fortunate this year as well, Mike. We should say that we contributed to the Raging Fire 4K Steelbook yeah. release, which is coming out end of January, yes, I believe. 30th of January? 31st, I think. The yeah. 31st of January. Mark your calendars, Foo followers. That was a real privilege to contribute to the booklets, which will be included in the 4K Raging Fire release here in the UK from Cine Asia. That's going to be great. What a great product yeah, that's going and, to be. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's another that's a film that you know we were fortunate to see on the big screen. I look yeah. forward to revisiting on Blu-ray and 4K. Um, and yeah, just a great release. It's actually uh, Cine Asia's first um, steel book, which is a cool you know cool collector's piece with some great extra content on there. Shout out to Cine Asia for for you know taking the plunge into the into the yeah. you know, 4K market, and that's that's really cool to see. And you know, big shout out to Mike Leader who who helped out a lot, and he um, he he contributed to the booklet as well. We should say, but also brought in people like Donnie Yen, Daniel Wu, and Andy On, and other collaborators with Benny Chan. So it's it's a nice tribute to uh, to Benny's final film and Benny himself as a filmmaker, plus the film itself, which we're both big fans of. And yeah, it was cool for us to be involved as well. So that was a that was a fun fun project hi this is lauren avidon just wanted to send a message wishing all the listeners of the kung fu movie guide podcast a very merry christmas happy holidays and all the best for 2022 have a happy new year filled with love prosperity and joy take care and keep kicking (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha!
A quick word on Fighting Spirit Film Festival this year that took place at the Stratford Picture House here in London on the 11th to the 12th of September. We're huge fans of this film yep, festival. It goes, goes without saying. I've been covering that film festival since it started way back in 2016. It's the UK's premier annual martial arts movie film festival. And this year's festival was dedicated to the memories of two good friends of the Fighting Spirit Film Festival who both passed away this year in 2021. That's Stephen Booth and Max Raposi. The feature films shown at this year's Fighting Spirit Film Festival included the American indie The Paper Tigers, the Jackie Chan classic Armour of Gods. That was great fun, wasn't it, mm-hmm. seeing that on the big screen? Yeah. The action comedy Luc Van Tien, a.k.a. Kung Fu Warrior, starring Andy Long. They showed the documentary More Than Miyagi, the Pat Morita story, and there was a charity screening of the documentary EJ's Warriors. There was also the short film competition. Mike, you formed part of the judging panel, I believe, of the the short film competition. Every year, the festival celebrates up-and-coming filmmaking talents from around the world. And, Mike, it was another great year, wasn't it? A very diverse list of short films this year yeah definitely and it's always um it's a great you know it's a great experience to be on the judging panel i'm always quite funny about judging which yeah throws into question why i'm participating (laughs) in the top five just because if i you know i explain i i fully acknowledge obviously we all have our favorite films in any case but you know it's so subjective and we can take different things from different films and what you if you like something and i don't like something that's not to say it's not good it's just we respond to different things um but i understand that attitude isn't in any way helpful when it comes to awards you need to award something um so you know it comes down to subjective uh, taste but um but no there's always you know the the standard at fighting spirit is really good they have a lot of really talented filmmakers uh, up and coming filmmakers you know and, and experienced people as well doing a lot of um, cool shorts and yeah very varied from like action comedy to like more serious gritty stuff and some documentaries as well so it's really eclectic the winners this year and it was a diverse mix because you had sci-fi action shorts Mm -hmm. you had more slapstick comedies Mm -hmm. you had animated films there's many documentaries it's like when we try and come up with our top five of the year Mike it's really hard you know it's very hard to compare a, a, a documentary like more than Miyagi with a film like Castle Falls say yeah, yeah. you know it's so different aren't yeah, they yeah. the big winners on the night was a short film called Deviance that won six awards including best international short film best action yeah. choreography best director best actor and best cinematography yeah. that's, that's an interesting example yeah I mean that something like that stood out and yeah. it obviously you know um it's not remember it's not just about my it's not, I'm not the sole judge it yeah. is mul- it's, there's multiple people on this panel so you know i'm sometimes i'm surprised to see we all vote you know differently but then sometimes we all come together and i think that was that was one that would have unified everyone's yeah. view it was just a very very well made shot from a, a clearly a very talented team that yeah. i think will go on to do some big things and this is the thing so a lot of these filmmakers they start off making their short films but then they make that leap into feature films or mm-hmm. they take the short film concept and that becomes a yeah. feature film so the film survivors won three awards including best shorts under 10 minutes best british short film and it won an audience choice awards and the directors of survivors harry kirby and george kirby and now directing Accident Man 2. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good example. That was another really good, that was a really good short, very innovative and yeah. kind of elements of horror in there. And um, and of course, martial arts, you know, 
fight fight centric stuff and those guys yes again super talented you know made i think they've made various shorts now done their first uh, feature and you know they've got uh somebody like mr adkins at their disposal so exactly. cool. it would be cool to see what they come up with yeah 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 very excited about accident man too uh two awards for the cocktail party including best short and best actress for charlotte tashen and one award each for the documentary so jiu-jitsu saved my life twice was a short documentary and that one best documentary yeah. and an audience choice award went to the short film duty out of line which i really enjoyed it's yeah. a german short film directed by felix fukuyoshi he's someone who works with andy long quite a lot and had a had a role in look van tien as well and that short film stars julia Chernovitz, who i met at fighting spirit film festival this year as well it was great to chat to her duty out of line is available on youtube now by yeah. the way and it's a great very hong, hong 80s kong. hong kong vibe yeah. isn't it yeah very good no, i recommend if you're a fan of 80s hong kong action that's definitely yeah. a lot of these may be you know available online but that one in particular for kung fu movie guide listeners that's a good shout I think. absolutely ticks a lot of boxes that one it's a great um great little homage to uh that style of filmmaking so huge thank you to sue cole and Wang Yu and the rest of the team there for their hard work i know they've got big plans next year as well so onwards and upwards for the fighting spirit film festival team <laughs> A big hello to everyone who listens to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. It's amazing. Well done, you guys. And um, a happy Christmas and a very happy new year from all of us at Fighting Spirit Film Festival. My name's Sue and um, I have this wonderful team that help us put on this festival every year. And we have such great support from people that come on and watch the films, mostly martial art films. And hopefully we're inspiring people. We're looking forward to next year when we're going to have... Um, our event again in Birmingham in April and our one in London and possibly a few others. So hopefully look forward to seeing some people there and um, in the meantime, have a happy, healthy, festive season. There were huge revelations this year about the full extent of Bruce Lee's drug taking this year when dozens of personal letters attributed to Lee and his wife Linda, dating from the late 1960s and early 70s, sent to his good friend and training buddy Bob Baker. Those letters went up for auction, so over 50 letters were Previously verified and authenticated by Heritage Auctions, they went up for sale and the entire collection itself ended up being sold for just under $500,000. Bob Baker featured, of course, in the film Fist of Fury and it was long rumoured that he was something of a fixer for Bruce Lee while Bruce was living in Hong Kong making movies. And within the letters, Lee details their early friendship and trying out what he refers to as holy stuff. <laughs> the The names for the drugs is so 70s. It's, it's quite funny. So Bruce Lee refers to nights out with, quote, little recollection of what happened. There are letters which detail Lee's failed attempts at quitting and eventually planning international drug shipments to Hong Kong. There's a letter from Bruce asking to airmail me some Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's a direct quote. Several of the letters were about cocaine, as he and Linda wrote about sea, coke and Coca-Cola. But there were also references to other substances in various terms, such as holy stuff, as we've mentioned, super duper, M-pills, H-oil and good tasting paper. 
There was also a long handwritten letter from 1972 in which he details how to plan and ship drugs to Hong Kong. He's asking for coke in large amounts, acid in fair amounts, hash or grass, and also magic mushrooms. And that one letter sold for twelve and a half thousand. Because it stopped using his code words. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be asked. Yeah, I mean he's got a, he's written coke in in block capitals as well, which is. Uh, it's not very ambiguous, is it? Let's let's be honest. In another letter signed by Linda, she writes, don't worry about Bruce using the sea. He is not going overboard. So there's actually a very detailed article about this on the website bloodyalbo.com, published on the 6th of July this year, 2021. Mike, it's, it's very revelatory stuff, this, isn't it? What are your thoughts on all this? I mean, it's it's a funny one. It's... It's not shocking in the realm of show business or show business entertainment in the 70s and other times, but I think it's probably a lot more shocking in the, um, you know, in the universe of Bruce Lee. And this, I guess, you know, we have to say somewhat sanitized account that we've been fed on him over the years and over the decades. It obviously is quite at odds with that. The funny thing is, you know, it makes you think. Does it make you think any less of him? For me, personally, it doesn't. I'm still a huge Bruce Lee fan. I love Bruce Lee's work and, you know, a huge admirer. And I think most people would feel that way. But I understand that if you're trying to preserve, a, um, you know, a family-friendly view on things, it does contradict that, unfortunately. Yeah. It so, doesn't yeah. quite align to a particular narrative that has been fed yeah. about his yeah. lifestyle in particular. Yeah. Although we should say, I mean, the marijuana was quite, that's quite well yeah. known and well yeah. documented, yeah. isn't it? Maybe in some of this more heavier drugs, less so. Yeah, and it's just, um, you know, if anything, look, unless you're a small child, you know, we're all adults, we can take multifaceted views of people. And, you know, if anything, you know, look, we it's just a reminder that, you know, everyone's human. Yeah. And, he was human. He had, you know, he was a he was obviously a great a great man, hugely influential, very talented in many ways. But also, he had his flaws and he had his vices. He had potentially, um, you know, addictions or extracurricular interests, which maybe you know didn't fit the kind of life, lifestyle he was trying to promote. Or his estate and his, you know, his his company now is still trying to promote. And I, uh, you know, it's it it, it shouldn't be um, it shouldn't be an uh, a blotch on that on his legacy I don't think but you know the fact that it's there I think it's just it's just a reminder that we're all human and we, yeah, all, we, yeah. we, we all have flaws yeah and you know all the stuff that is told about from the official channels shall we say all of that stuff still true you know as a teacher as a philosopher as a martial arts expert someone who was really dedicated to you know furthering himself in his art his style his way of life you know that all that stuff is still true everyone is a big jumble of contradictions aren't they yeah you definitely know? so yeah I think and i mean it, it it bothers me i think especially in this particularly internet clickbaity age people tend to be so um so polar opposed and a lot of these arguments lack nuance, which I think when we talk about, we talk a lot about nuance that, you know, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be a saint. He doesn't have to be, um, you know, absolutely 100% perfect all of the time. And yet to not be that way doesn't make him the devil. He's not, he's not, exactly. he's not an awful person. It's clearly super talented, super influential, 
highly important and deserves all his legendary status to this day but unsurprisingly had some has some flaws and some vices and you know you can you you kind of take pieces of that tapestry and make of it what you will but to me he's still you know hugely influential great yeah person that i'll continue being inspired by and continue watching and that's that's kind of all that comes down to Okay, so this is the sad bit of the show, Mike, when we take a moment to remember the famous names that we lost from the world of martial arts movies in 2021. At the start of the year, Taki Kimura died 7th of January 2021 at the age of 96. Taki Kimura was a student and a friend of Bruce Lee, one of his top instructors in uh, Junfan Kung Fu slash Jeet Kune Do. He was actually personally certified by Bruce himself. He was Bruce Lee's best man at his wedding to Linda in 1963 and actually was one of his pallbearers as well. There's a great documentary. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and watch The Heart of the Dragon. It was made in 2020, so last year. Nice short film about Taki Kimura. We lost Richard Ingmantat, a veteran Hong Kong actor, died on the 27th of February at the age of 69. Winner of dozens of awards, probably best known for his comedic roles alongside Stephen Chow, films like Shaolin Soccer and the Fight Back to School franchise. We lost Max Posse this year. Mike, good friend of both of ours, uh, Italian martial artist and actor. He died on the 14th of April this year at the age of 33. He was uh, a good friend. He was a regular at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. He actually appeared on this podcast on episode 43 that was recorded live at the 2019 Fighting Spirit Film Festival. Stephen Booth as well was a part of the Fighting Spirit crew and he died this year as well. We lost Brad Allen, the Australian martial artist, stunt coordinator on films like the Kingsman franchise and Scott Pilgrim and Shang-Chi as well from this year. Brad Allen was the first non-Asian member of the Jackie Chan stunt team and he worked with Jackie on films like Gorgeous and Who Am I, Shanghai Noon and Nights, Rush Hour 2, The Tuxedo, many others. Brad died on the 7th of August at the age of 48. We lost Sonny Chiba this year, Japanese martial arts legend. Sonny Chiba, probably most famous in the West for his roles in the Street Fighter franchise in the early 1970s. And of course, his turn as Hattori Hanso in Kill Bill. He was a karate, kempo, judo and kendo master. He had many black belts. And he was the first genuine Japanese martial arts film star with over 200 film and TV appearances listed on his IMDb Page, he died from complications related to COVID-19 on the 19th of August this year. He died at the age of 82. Peter Chanlong died in October. He was a veteran Hong Kong Kung Fu actor. He did work with Bruce Lee in The Big Boss, Fist of Fury and Enter the Dragon and many other classic Kung Fu film roles. Probably most notably, he's the Taoist priest in Encounters of the Spooky Kind. He's in The Prodigal Son as well. Roy Horan died on the 12th of October at the age of 71. Roy led a very interesting life, an American actor and martial artist. He studied under Huang Zhang Li and ended up as something of a token guaylo baddie in films like Snake in the Eagle Shadow and Game of Death 2, of course. He worked for seasonal films throughout the late 70s and 80s, and in doing so, he produced the No Retreat, No Surrender movies, introducing a young Jean-Claude Van Damme to the world. He retired from the movie world in the 1990s and 
went on to become a professor. His daughter is the actor Selena Jade. And on the 31st of October, we lost Dean Sheck at the age of 72. Dean Sheck was a Hong Kong film actor, producer, director and screenwriter. His most famous roles being the slapstick comedic role in many classic kung fu movies from Snake and the Eagle Shadow to Drunken Master, Warriors 2. He's an odd couple as well. He co-founded Cinema City in 1980, the producers of the A Better Tomorrow movies and many other classic Hong Kong films. Dean Sheck had a very memorable role in A Better Tomorrow 2 and he retired from acting in 1991. Mike, some big names there from the world of martial arts movies that, that we lost this year. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. And it's like, you know, it's always sad to lose, you know, the... Um the old timers, the veterans who've been around for a long time. And Sonny thought, you know, Yeah, exactly. Absolute legends. Um, but also, you know, some really young young people as well, gone before their time, and it's incredibly sad. And um, it's just, yeah, it's um, it's tragic. But and hopefully in, in a lot of these cases, like particularly somebody like Brad Allen, you know, his his legacy lives on and he's, yeah. you know, he's um, he's formed such, a, such an important part of some major action pictures which are still being released now yeah. um, and I'm sure we'll continue to think about the amount of people who continue to be influenced by um, by all of their work it's, yeah. um, it's at least there is that that's the thing I always think with film is you know it's it's absolutely written in stone you know the f- films are films are there long after we're all gone so if you play a part in that you know people will undoubtedly be inspired and see that time and again and you know y- you do live on in a sense uh, what are the Japanese do you know? Oh, let's see. Um, arigato. Arigato. Um, uh, I already said domo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Konnichiwa. Ah, 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 ah. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Please repeat. Konnichiwa. Perfect. Good, good, good. <laughs> You say Japanese word like you Japanese. Oh, now you're making fun of me. No, 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 no. Serious business. Pronunciation very good. You say arigato? Like we say arigato. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I mean... Okay, we will be counting down our favourite fight films of 2021 in part two of this special bumper end of year show, as well as discussing our least favourite films of the year. But before we head off for this episode, part one, let's take a quick look back over some of the amazing guests who have appeared on the show in 2021. This year saw the release of our sixth season of podcasts, which started on the 5th of April, and you are about to hear a range of voices from people who have appeared on the show this year. You are about to hear, in this order, the director Isaac Florentine, action actor Daniel Bernhardt, martial arts legend and the star of the Black Dragon films, Ron Van Cleef, the actor Seymour talking about Brandon Lee, who he worked with on Rapid Fire, the action screen icon Cynthia Rothrock, Hong Kong kung fu star Philip Ng, the Donnie Yen action team member and stunt coordinator Kenji Tanagaki, and finally, the final voice you will hear is the British stunt performer, actor and martial artist Lee Charles. So... Here we go then, here is a quick little recap of season six of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Some people, when they went into the movie business, they wanted to be, I don't know, Fellini, Bergman, yeah. 
I never wanted to. I wanted to do action movies. The only reason why I wanted, or I went to film school and studied cinema, I wanted to do these movies. I love acting. I found love with acting. I love martial arts. I love movie fighting. It's something I'm very good at. Yeah. And I just love making movies. Yeah. You can call me. Hey, do you want to be one of my five stunt guys in the back doing a fight scene? Like I did a fight scene with Jason Statham in um, Hobbs and Shaw. I had a small part. Yeah. I had nothing else going on. Why not? <laughs> just keep busy. Keep working. Yeah. Work leads to work. When I left Hong Kong, I went to live in Ghana for three years. I had a thousand students in my school there. Yeah, thousand like an army, and it's and it's just because of the Black Dragon film. Yeah, I was amazed by the effect that being that character had affected my whole life. Before any of this, when they want to talk to Brandon Zolan, it's always about Bruce. Mm. You know, you're Bruce's son, and and uh, I was kind of aware of that. I see, you know, his his. Uh, his pain. We we will, you know, try to find Brandon Lee. I get a lot of women that are in stunts and, and starting up in martial art movies and say, you know, because of you, you open the doors. A lot of people will say, uh, oh, I tell my daughter to watch your movies and they say you're like my daughter's role model, you know, and, 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 I, and, I, and I love that, you know, because, you know, you've done, done a good job. It wasn't just all fun and games. <laughs> I think the longest I've shot was 36 hours straight. Whoa. <laughs> I've, I've been through that kind of schedule. It's, uh, yeah. it's rough. It's rough. In, in the West, you know, when in, they, they have unions and all that stuff, so they, they, you have to rest. Like, yeah. They, ask, they, they tell you, like, oh, wait, you already worked this whole week. We can't let you work today. I'm like, really? You can't let me work? All right. That's cool. Tony doesn't want to do the same thing as before. He, he just... He just continued to uh, make something new. Sometimes he changed everything. But this kind of feeling, uh, I can, I can, I can trust his feeling. Yeah. And then yeah. later, later on, people can understand why he changed after whole product coming out. If you really want something, the only person that can ever stop you from doing it is you and giving up on you. If you don't do that, you will get to what you want to do. You just need to persevere, you just need to drive, and you just need to push forward. There we go then, there was a range of voices from our sixth season of podcasts. Catch up on all the episodes of the Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast right now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And I think that is about it for this part of the end of year show we will be back to run through our favorite martial arts films of 2021 in part two we will also be sharing your feedback on some of your favorite films of the year and also looking ahead to some of the highlights of 2022 but until then we very much hope you have enjoyed listening to this part one of our end of year podcast and we look forward to speaking to you all again very shortly in a couple of days in fact for part two so thank you so much mike thank you ben (laughs) and a very merry christmas to everyone and happy holidays and i hope you're all keeping well and having a nice time and we will be back in a few more days with part two of our 
end of year show good stuff (laughs) thanks everyone bye for now Hey, Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast listeners, this is Bao Tran, the writer-director of The Paper Tigers, and I just want to wish you all a very happy holidays and an amazing, peaceful, prosperous 2022. Hi, this is Cynthia Rothrock. To the listeners of Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And please join me on my new show, Black Belt Theater, on Jungo Plus, which airs Saturday live, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Hi, everybody. Richard Norton sending you this message from Melbourne, Australia. I just wanted to wish all the wonderful listeners of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast a very, very Merry Christmas and, and wishing you a wonderful break over the festive season. Plenty of good cheer. It's been a tough year for everybody. Um, But you know what? We got that combat mindset. We get on with life and we get on with things. And we look forward to a really, really good 2022. I'm about to start work on a new Mad Max movie here in Melbourne, Australia. What a great way to start the new year off. But anyway, lots of good drink, lots of good cheer for everybody. And again, thinking of you all. Take good care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.